All right, folks. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And I am here, not necessarily excited now, uh, but I am here to chat about the Denver Nuggets loss as they drop a game to the Houston Rockets, who are now suddenly really good. Like the Houston Rockets are a surprisingly good team. I don't think that anybody really fully expected that at the beginning, but who knows? I mean, this might also adjust throughout the season. They might get worse throughout the season, and we might be looking back at this one as, man, how did Denver lose this game to Houston, especially with the stat line that Nikola Jokic just put up? But say la vie. We will see what ultimately happens and then how that kind of bears out. But at least at this point, it doesn't feel like a great loss. It doesn't feel like a fantastic feeling up until this point. And when you waste a Nikola Jokic performance like that one, that is going to be tough. That is going to be a tough thing for you boys. Uh, look, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Jeff Green and the Houston Rockets bench going at Denver's bench and playing way better and just doing like a better overall job of winning this game. Uh, we'll talk about the Nuggets missing Jamal Murray and Uh, really not knowing what to do with the bench themselves. But I think we should start with the positive on this one. We should talk about Nikola Jokic's performance because that is still, like, it's still a big deal to see something like this happen. So that's how we're going to kick this one off. Do the good, then we'll do the bad, and then we will talk about recovering and figuring out what to do next. So should be fine. Okay. Nuggets lose this one 107 to 104. But if you just looked at the lines from the starters, you would think, okay, hey, Denver, probably okay. They're probably okay in this one. They scored 98 points as a unit uh, between Reggie Jackson, KCP, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. Uh, You see the plus minuses, plus 12, plus 8, plus 2, plus 6, minus 3. And you're thinking, all right, that's, that's probably fine. Probably good enough to win the game if those are what the plus minuses are. It ultimately wasn't, and we'll get to most of the reasons why in the second segment, but Nikola Jokic leading the starters the way that he did was awesome. He was very, very good in this game. 36 points, 12 or 21 rebounds, excuse me, dyslexia, uh, 11 assists, three turnovers, was a plus 12 in 38 minutes. The Nuggets only had 10 minutes that they had to survive without him. They weren't able to do that against the Houston Rockets. And look, the Rockets, like I said, they're six and three. They are six and one at home. They are a tough out, a tougher out than I think a lot of people realized. And they've got some depth and some versatility on their bench now in ways that, man, Denver was just really bothered in, in a lot of ways. So I'm curious to see how, how the Nuggets bounce back with that. But when the starters were out there, like the only starter on the Rockets that had a positive plus minus was Jalen Green. Jalen Green was plus 10, and he was one of 13 from the field. So it wasn't him. It really wasn't him who was doing all the work. Uh, It was the other bench guys, and and we'll get to them, like I said, in the second segment. But Denver starters were good. They were actually very good in this game, led by Jokic, where, As I put this out on Twitter, 36 points, 21 rebounds, 11 assists. That stat line has not been done in general since 1968. Wilt Chamberlain was the last person 
to put to produce that stat line in a regular season game. Last time that it was produced in a playoff game was by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar back in 1970. So you don't have to go that far away. And it's still over 50 years ago. Uh, that was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the Milwaukee Bucks in a year that I believe he won the MVP and they won one of the only championships in franchise history. So it was a tremendous game from Jokic. And we had seen a lot of buildup and Rockets fans have been talking up Alpi Sangoon, Alperin Sangoon for much of this year. And I saw some like general vibes around Rockets Twitter about, man, can't wait until Alperin Sangoon gives Nikola Jokic the work, gives him the business. And that that didn't happen. That was that was not what happened in this one. And Jokic just went to work in this. And though he, I think, made some mistakes and, and took some shots where he was a little bit tired and didn't really necessarily have the best control at times. Uh, at half, he had like, I don't know, 21 points, eight rebounds, four assists. In the second half alone, that means that he had 15 points, 13 rebounds and seven assists. Like, those are two tremendous stat lines for Alper and Shangun in separate halves for Nikola Jokic tonight. And what that says to me is that, man, he dominated that game. He absolutely dominated it. And in the minutes that Jokic was out there, as long as uh, ball wasn't turned over, Denver was usually getting up a good shot and, and playing pretty well with their starters specifically. Like I said, the bench is another story, and, and we'll get to them in the second segment. But Jokic was tremendous. He was very, 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 very good. And we should not look at this performance too closely, in my opinion, because with Jokic, I mean, he was, he was awesome. With the Nuggets, they're going to have some times where they drop games. And it's not going to be an 82-0 season. It wasn't. And Denver had won four straight games to begin the year and then lost a game in Minnesota. Then they won four straight games and all of them at home. And then they lost their, their next road game against Houston. So maybe Denver just needs to figure some things out on the road. And they'll have plenty of opportunities to do that, especially with a five-game road trip coming up here at the end of next week. Uh, but there's going to be a lot to figure out with the bench. Uh, Keeping keep going on the starters, though. Uh, Michael Porter, I thought, had a pretty solid game. 25 points, 10 rebounds, one block, 11 of 19 from the field, 3 of 10 from 3. That means that he was 8 of 9 from 2. And I continue to think that the best version of Michael Porter Jr., especially the one that feels and, and acts this athletic, is the one that takes advantage of his size and his physicality. In situations like this one where Shangun is clearly very focused on Jokic and You've got other guys like a Jabari Smith Jr. who's guarding uh, Aaron Gordon. And Dylan Brooks also spent time on Aaron Gordon as well. Porter has the size advantage, and he took advantage of that a couple of times, including on multiple offensive rebounds where he just ripped the ball away from Jabari Smith Jr. at one point and finished up a, a reverse layup over him, had another nice reverse layup underneath the basket, and just continues to showcase some really good touch around the rim and some good touch from the mid-range. So I think that he should continue to work those zones, especially with Murray out, because Denver needs shots to go in. They don't necessarily need the most valuable shots right now. I mean, we, we could talk about that with the bench, and that's going to be one of my solutions in the third segment. 
putting Porter with the bench in future games where he can go to the rim, he can take some shots from the mid-range, does not always have to spot up from three. And that would be a good compromise, I think, between him and, and the Nuggets bench and things like that. But he has done some good things, spent most of his time with the first unit, but also staggered with the second unit in the fourth quarter. And that was hit or miss. Uh, I think that there's room for improvement there, but also room for the Nuggets bench to kind of figure out how to get him the ball. Uh, Aaron Gordon was fine. 16 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, did have 2 blocks, was a plus 8. He shares the floor with Jokic very often. Uh, and then he also staggered with the second unit, played next to Zeke Naji, played next to Michael Porter. And I thought that was fine. I thought that was that was okay. That was an okay look. I'm still trying to figure out what's best. Still trying to figure out what's best with with him and what that unit was. I thought that he was kind of sleepwalking this game, Aaron Gordon was, until midway through the third quarter or so. Just not necessarily the overall impact that the stats would say. Uh, Jokic, I do think, deserves the vast majority of the credit, and Porter too, for the way that the first unit actually played. Uh, Reggie Jackson was good. He had some, uh, like he he didn't start the game well, but he closed the game pretty well. Had some late buckets that helped get Denver back into this one. And then KCP is a big reason why Jalen Green went one of 13. So I'm not going to bemoan the fact that he only had five points. Uh, Jalen Green had nine points on 13 shots. So KCP did his job. That's That's what you expect from him. And you should not expect much more. So Look, it is what it is. Starters did their job. That's all you could really ask of it. And now we get to turn to what really kind of bothered Denver in this one. When we come back, we're going to focus on the bench. We are going to focus on what happened there. And then in the third segment, we'll talk about how to fix it. But first, everybody, did you know that you can refer a friend and earn $50 with a bonus this season at Superbook Sports? Superbook is the most trusted name in sports wagering and you don't want to miss their Refer a Friend bonus. All you need to do is click on the Refer a Friend link under your profile in the Superbook app. Share that promo code with friends, and you will get a $50 bonus for everyone who registers under you at the Superbook app. So make sure to refer a friend so you can win some money wagering and win money referring this season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be back on Pickaxe and Roll. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. And I actually do have some news on that front. We crossed a million views on the MHS YouTube channel just a few days ago. I didn't see it come through the pipeline, but then pointed out to me. And it's a big deal. It is a big deal for any channel to cross the 1 million views threshold. Uh, we're not a large channel at, at Mile High Sports, but trying to get uh, bigger every day, trying to put on more content every day so that people can really appreciate what we're doing over here. But a million views is insane. And just want to thank everybody for all of the love and support. Uh, a lot of that comes through the pickaxe roll videos and all these live streams and things like that. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. It really does make a difference for us. All right. 
let's not get to the bad. I know everybody's angry about how the Nuggets bench played. And look, I, I would be frustrated too. I, I understand it. There are plenty of reasons to be upset. Eight total points from the bench tonight. And if you add up all their minutes, it certainly adds up to way more than eight. Got 18 minutes from those guys, then 38, then 52. Got about 60 combined minutes between uh, Colin Gillespie, Christian Brown, Julian Strother, Peyton Watson, and Zeke Naji. And eight points between those guys, six of them coming from Colin, and a lot of those actually coming in the first unit where he staggers with Jokic and Porter and guys like that. Uh, it's not great. It was not a great showing by the bench. And this is the f- second time in a row that the bench just was not ready to play. They weren't. They they were flat out not ready to go. And it's why I put the thumbnail and the title the way that they were. Jokic had an unbelievable performance and deserves that credit. He would rather do it in a window. And I think he would take a couple less points here or there if it meant that Denver had got the dub. But the fact is, is that Denver's bench, it's very erratic. It is very, very erratic, and they were not playing the defense necessary to make up for the fact that they couldn't score. 31 points from the Houston Rockets bench, and Jeff Green was the main catalyst of that. 15 points for him. He was a plus 14 in 26 minutes in the in a game that the Rockets won by three points. Like Plus 14 in a game the Rockets win by three, that's a big deal. That's a big difference. Four rebounds for him. He had a steal and a block and shot five of seven from the field, two of four from three. Those threes were key. They were very, very important and got to the line a couple times. Uh, It was just a really good Jeff Green performance and kind of shows, yeah, Denver, they're missing out. They are, they're clearly missing out. Denver had the capability to match that Jeff Green contract. They did. They decided not to because they decided it would be too close to the salary floor and or not the salary floor or the uh the second level of the luxury tax basically where uh teams start getting stuff taken away from them they weren't willing to go to the 9 million a year that Jeff Green ended up getting and he got a, a significant chunk of money from the Houston Rockets in order to actually go there uh, let me actually just pull up his uh the contract that he actually did receive because it was a it was a sizable contract, a sizable chunk of change that they were willing to give out. Um yeah, or actually it was it was a two-year 19 million dollar contract, so 9.6 million dollars each season for these next two. That is the equivalent of what Zeke Naji's getting, or just just larger than what Zeke Naji is getting. And so far, the Rockets have probably liked what they've gotten from Jeff Green more than what the Nuggets have liked what they've gotten from Zeke Naji. There's a certain limitation that the Nuggets have with Zeke. There's a certain lack of like potency, a lack of creativity that the Nuggets have with Zeke Naji in the middle of their team. Unfortunately, so I, I asked... Uh, David Adam in this. And he obviously knows the Nuggets offense far better than I do. And there there are reasons why Zeke Naji is... Uh, actually, I, I asked more about Christian Brown, but he was also asked a question about Zeke and, and why he wasn't... Why he was rolling to the rim as opposed to popping for three. And Zeke has now taken five total threes. He missed one tonight. And it just seems like he is not very 
involved as a, as a spacer, despite the fact that he is six foot nine and he struggles to finish around the rim. Uh, he grabbed four rebounds. He had two points. He was a minus 18 in 11 minutes, and those were the minutes that the Nuggets lost most. And they just have not felt the effects of Zeke Naji's positive defense because there are some things that they give up when they switch, like offensive rebounds. And the Rockets had plenty of offensive rebounds tonight as well. Uh, they had 12 offensive rebounds, including six from their bench by themselves. And whether it was Jay Sean Tate or Tari Eason or even Jeff Green uh, or Jock Landell, who had an offensive rebound in just two minutes of action, that's something that the Nuggets are vulnerable to because they play such a wing-heavy, switch-heavy lineup. And then Zeke is responsible for so much on that end. Now, when Denver plays that switch-heavy style, I've, I've made sure to mention this that Zeke is not entirely responsible for the way that the Nuggets are grabbing boards. Christian Brown grabs zero rebounds tonight. Julian Strother in eight minutes grabs zero rebounds. Peyton Watson grabs zero rebounds. Colin Gillespie out-rebounded all three of those guys combined. Colin Gillespie's like five foot nothing. And if you are the Nuggets and you are thinking about how they've struggled offensively and you're thinking about, man, wish we could get more from Zeke, wish we could get more from each of those guys, it's honestly about controlling what you can control more so than wishing for something, more so than wishing for development. The Nuggets have made it clear that defensive rebounding is a big deal. Zeke Naji grabbed a couple defensive rebounds tonight in 11 minutes. Peyton Watson, Colin Gillespie, Christian Brown, Julian Strather, Strather grabbed a total of one defensive rebound. That's it. and. If the Nuggets are going to struggle on offense, then the least you can do, the absolute least you can do is grab some defensive boards. And to be clear, there's not a ton of defensive boards if the Rockets are going to make every shot while the bench is out there. And they didn't make every shot. But the shots that they missed, they rebounded on the offensive end because they were bigger and stronger and smarter and just better in a lot of different ways. And I'm hard on the bench. I think that everybody should be hard on the bench. I think that there should be a rightful criticism, but also like understanding that the bench is going to be young. They're going to make mistakes for sure. But this is one thing that I keep paying attention to. If the team is worried about defensive rebounding, that is connected to the offense because right now Denver can't score. One of the reasons why they can't score is because when they don't grab defensive rebounds, then they can't get out and run, and then they can't get the easy buckets to get everybody going. Denver was in a slog for the entire time, and they could not make that work. And it's just very frustrating, I'm sure, for... Uh, <laughs> it's just very frustrating, I'm sure, for Michael Malone, because he is trying to commit to the young guys. He's trying to do what everybody wants him to do, which is give these guys a little bit of a leash, give them a runway, allow for mistakes to happen and then see the benefits down the line. And Denver can lose a game in November and they're not going to be any worse for it. This does not have any effect on their bearing as a playoff team. I want to make it clear. But in order to get through the regular season, in order to get the best record possible to separate yourself from the rest of the Western Conference and to uh, claim home court advantage sooner rather than later, if that's what Denver's goals are, then they have to win these games. Then this is a game that they shouldn't lose. They should absolutely try to win this one. 
and they lost it because the bench couldn't do their job. So I'm watching that. I'm watching Christian Brown really struggle to create in the half court again. I'm watching Colin Gillespie try to figure some things out. And he he was the best of the bench guys tonight. I want to make that very, very clear. Uh, I thought that Colin was pretty decent. I thought that I know that he shot three of nine, but he was the only guy that could consistently create something. And Denver's been struggling with that. They've been struggling to figure out how to create in a lot of those situations. Uh, Christian Brown has struggled to create. He has he took zero shots inside the arc. Julian Strother took zero shots inside the arc. Peyton Watson missed both shots inside the arc. Zeke Naji was one of three inside the arc. I think one of them was on an offensive rebound. So, look, they've got some things to figure out. And the development isn't going to come fast. It isn't going to happen overnight. That's I know people want to think that that's going to happen, but these things take time. And a lot of times they take years, especially in the case of a guy like Christian Brown, where you saw the progression of what he could do last year when the pressure wasn't super on him. Uh, a lot of the pressure was on Bruce Brown. A lot of the pressure was on Jamal Murray. A lot of the pressure was on Jeff Green. It was not on Christian Brown. It was not on Christian Brown to be great. He just had to be passable. Now he has to be good. Now he has to be legit and be a consistent guy every single night. And so far, he's really been a consistent guy in two of the 10 games, I want to say. So he's got some things to work on. And the Nuggets have a lot of things to work on, too. Cedric asks earlier, uh, how did Jeff Green leave us? Why did he do that? Well, Denver basically offered him a minimum contract. That's what they offered. Would have been about $3 million per year. And Jeff Green got offered $9.5 million to, like, in this next season and the year after in order to go be a veteran for the Houston Rockets. And so, like, if I were Jeff Green, I'm not taking a 200% discount in order to like, like, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take that much of a discount in order to be a veteran on a championship contender and maybe, maybe play, maybe not. He could do the same role for a team in Houston and get paid three times the money. That's why Uh, Denver just wasn't going to be able to do that. And that's fine. It's not in their purview to have to do that. They have to be able to replace that from within. And Denver thought that they would be replacing it within with Zeke Naji, with Peyton Watson. And so far, uh, there have been plenty of misses and some hits on that particular part of the spectrum. One of the things that I'm also watching, before tonight, uh, Jeff, or Nikola Jokic, excuse me, Nikola Jokic before tonight's game, where he played 38 minutes a game, was averaging 34.2 minutes per game. That number is going to go up to about 34 and a half. He's playing a lot playing a lot of minutes early on in the year, carrying a heavy burden early in the year. He took 26 shots, created every shot for the, for the starters, did everything for the team, and it's because Denver can't create good bench minutes. I'm going to talk about in this, sec- in this last segment how they can create good bench units. It's going to probably disrupt their starters a little bit, but it is the way, especially without Jamal Murray, in order to make it happen. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. But first, this sponsorship from uh, Scott DeHuff.
Scott DeHuff, what a character, right? <laughs> what a what a guy. He uh, he's been around for a long time, and I uh, always love listening to Scott. He's one of the funniest people I know. Uh, all right, final segment here, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's wrap this up by talking about how Denver can fix the bench. What can they do? What can they actually make work? And there are some things. There, there are some things that they can do. It's, it's going to be a slow process. One of the things that I'm thinking about, usually teams stagger starters. like They just have to. It is a requirement in order to do that, especially for a contending team, because the better your starters become, often because of money in the NBA, the worse your bench becomes. And that's just kind of the the natural order of things where as you continue to load up on money on the starters and the starting unit and maybe even the sixth man, the bench unit becomes less less full of depth. You have less options in order to actually add guys. And there are definitely reasons to question whether Denver's depth is really good. And they made it work against the New Orleans Pelicans. They even made it work against the Golden State Warriors in some ways. Like, I, I think it's mostly the starters in, in all those cases, and it's mostly Nikola Jokic in general. But what Denver can do, and what I think they should be trying to do, especially without Jamal Murray here, because Jamal Murray's probably missing another three weeks. That'd be my guess. Maybe it comes back a little bit sooner than that, but likely three weeks. I think that they should be staggering Porter. I really do. Porter has found a nice rhythm. He's found a, a little bit of consistency here after uh, in the first five or so games really struggling. These last five games have been really good for Porter. He has not just hit the three, but he has also found ways to get to the rim, to get to the line, to create mid-range shots. And he's shooting with confidence and playing well, and I think deserves to get an opportunity to try to bolster the second unit. I think in general, the Nuggets should be building a lineup around Porter's skill set with the second group. So what do you do in order to build a a lineup around Porter with the guys that you have? Well, best thing you can do to start is to get him a point guard that will get him the ball. I think that Colin Gillespie will get him the ball. I think that that's one thing that he'll do. Either him or Jalen Pickett, those guys, if that is the dictation, I think that those guys will get him the ball. So let's just say Colin. Colin's been playing pretty reasonably well after a a pretty rough first half of uh, the New Orleans game. I think he's bounced back in in a nice way. Uh, So we'll we'll say Colin is in there with the second unit. Next, let's say Julian Strother. Julian Strother's a guy that you can have space the floor. He's another guy that in transition, if he can light it up a little bit, you can find him. You can absolutely get him some opportunities there. I think that that is a good that is a good way to figure it out. That is a good way to figure out how to space the floor, whether it's with Porter spacing or Julian Strother spacing. The floor then opens up just a little bit more. And I think Colin can shoot the three as well. He's shown that a little bit. Christian Brown and Peyton Watson have not shown the ability to hit threes. I think that if Zeke Naji is going to be on the floor or a floor or a spacing five that can't really space the floor, then I think that they can only have one of those other guys be out there, whether it's Christian Brown or Peyton Watson. Neither of those guys are really shooting, and Denver can only have so many guys that can't space. So I think it's got to come down to a decision between are you going to keep Christian Brown in there 
or are you going to keep Peyton Watson in there? I think I probably lean Christian with that group. I think that Peyton probably needs to take a seat. Uh, I think that you play Colin Gillespie, Christian Brown, Julian Strother, Michael Porter, Zeke Naji. I think that that's the group that you have to go with. I think you have to sit down Peyton at least for a little bit here. Because one of the things with Peyton specifically is that he is an energy guy. He's feeding off of the energy. He's feeding off of the misses. Uh, he's feeding off of the space. And maybe there are times where he could get out and run. And he might be the right guy to put in that lineup where you have Porter play the three. And then somebody like a Peyton Watson playing the four and a Zeke Naji playing the five. But if you don't have enough space around those guys then the offense is going to suck. It just is. And so far it's been bad because all of those guys have been driving into the lane, into places where there's no space, into places where there's no options. And it's bogged down the group. It has slowed everything down. And the Nuggets are really stressed trying to figure out how to do it. Now, does that mean that Peyton Watson can't play at all? No, I think that it might not be a bad idea to try to get him some minutes with Nikola Jokic. Maybe. Uh, they could play Peyton Watson and Aaron Gordon together with Nikola Jokic, have Reggie Jackson play out there, and then have KCP play out there, and then have those five guys in minutes where Michael Porter is sitting and resting, getting ready for a second unit stint. They can play those guys together, and you could, you could try to defend, rebound, and run and really space the floor, try to get out in transition, create some easy baskets, and then maybe Peyton is the guy that you play over Christian Brown. Or maybe you get up to a place where you're up by 20 and you don't even have to stagger border with the second unit anyway. But I think that they should absolutely be trying to... They absolutely should be trying to figure out a way to get Porter to lead that second unit in some ways. He has the talent to do it. And I think he has a better demeanor for it than a lot of people do. Remember at the beginning of the fourth quarter against Golden State where Denver needed plays, and Porter was the guy to deliver them. He made a couple blocks, had a nice baseline jumper out of bounds, and then he's going to be able to create some shots as long as people are setting it up for him and everything is pretty well established that that's how they're going to run stuff. Because right now, the bench doesn't have a plan with their second unit. They just don't. It's a lot of drive and kick, drive and kick, Swing the ball, see what happens. Can we find a lane here? Can we get into the paint here? No. Okay, it's five seconds left on the clock. Let's just create a contested three. Or let's just drive to the lane and hope that this kind of hero shot goes in. There's not a lot of good stuff going on with the second unit right now because there is no plan. Because they're trying to create from nothing. Denver needs an established thing that works. And what really works, in my opinion, is involving Porter, whether it's in pick-and-pop situations with somebody like Colin Gillespie, whether it's establishing him on the left block or the left post and or the left elbow and coming up with opportunities to give him some isolations here or there. Or maybe you're running him around a couple screens every now and then and establishing some back cuts for guys. And then you're creating some offense out of it. You're creating some actions out of it. Denver's not running great actions right now where they're creating open shots for people. 
how many open shots have you recognized with the bench lately? It's just not happening. So I, I think that's what I would do. I think that is what I would do. I would go Colin, Julian Strother for spacing, Christian Brown, Michael Porter, Zeke Naji. Your defense is going to struggle. It's going to be bad. But the problem is, is that your offense was already bad. You're always operating in transition anyway, defensive transition. And Denver's defense was just really horrible then too. So look, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure to put on a guy like Colin. It's a lot of pressure to put on a guy like Julian. But he is out there to space the floor. And putting Julian Strother and Michael Porter out there, even if they're just floor spacers, that is going to allow Colin Gillespie to operate in the middle of the floor while running screens with Zeke Naji, Or maybe even Christian Brown running screens with Zeke Naji, And then those guys will be able to create a little bit. So I think that that is the right call. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they have tried that. Maybe they've tried it in practice and don't like it. Uh, or maybe they'll try it the next time they play. But I think that Michael Porter should be the guy to stagger with the second unit. I think that he provides them the most things that make the most sense. It's going to give them some defensive rebounding as well. And Denver absolutely needs that. So we will see. We will see what happens. Folks, I think that is going to do it for this episode of Pick Axe and Roll. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe down below to all of the audio stuff, but then like and subscribe to the YouTube video on the video side. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the pod. Sorry that things didn't work out better tonight, but the great thing about the NBA is there's another game on Tuesday. Tuesday game against the LA Clippers, in-season tournament against James Harden. Uh, By the way, if you're looking for James Harden content and LA Clippers content, I did an alley-oop video that is going to go up on Monday morning, tomorrow morning, about how James Harden and the Clippers have started 0-4 together. It has not been good. Nuggets fans, might be okay on Tuesday. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. We'll talk to you guys next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.